Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Jim Myricks from Federal Baseball making his Nats Nightly debut today after the Nationals' one nothing win over the Marlins. We'll get right into it, Jim. Dave might be joining us in a moment. We'll click him in here if he does, but start with Max Scherzer on the mound. Five starts in July, 413 ERA, 244, 269 line against, and 32 and two thirds innings pitched. Just eight runs of support in those outings. He didn't get much more today. Uh, five runs allowed in the last start against Pittsburgh Pirates. Gave up three home runs. Received a no decision in the Nat 7-5 loss. His first start today in Jeffrey Loria's Lime Green Day Glow Pleasure Dome, as I described it. Five scoreless, <laughs> one walk on, 70, on 66, 67 pitches. A leadoff walk in the sixth. But he works around that. A one-out walk as well, but he gets an inning-ending 4-6-3 double play out of Christian Yelich, who had a good day at the plate before that. 109 pitches total after he strands a runner in the seventh. Three hits allowed on the day, no runs, three walks for the first time this season, 109 pitches, six Ks overall. What I really liked about Scherzer and what I've liked about him all season, though, Jim, is the way he just turns it on at the end there. He just started geeking up with the fastball in the seventh inning there, blowing it by hitters, and just really solid day from Scherzer overall on the mound. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch him when he starts stalking on the mound and Starts just attacking and looking like he's ready. He knows the end is there, and he's just gonna. He wants to battle through it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he. The walks, the walks were a little interesting today because we haven't seen Scherzer struggle with his control that much this season. But, but he was he was able to bounce back, get some double plays, you know, throw a lot of ground balls. Had a great start and just battled through. Yep, nine ground outs overall on the day. Dave, you're there now. I am. Hi Dave, Dave, Jim, Jim, Dave. I don't know Hi, how Dave. much of the game you took in today. I don't know how much of the game you took in today, Dave, out there on the left coast, but a dominant outing by Scherzer, as Jim just mentioned, nine ground ball outs, two fly outs, seven innings pitch, three hits, three walks, six Ks, gets one run of support and makes it hold up. Yeah, you know, uh you know, the last time out he looked a little shaky and, and I guess it's to be uh you know, to be considered because you know, he's he's been the Nets workhorse, he's he's thrown a lot of innings and um, you know, he's 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 been the rock in this rotation, but um every once in a while you're gonna have a clunker. Uh he came back today and showed why um you know, why he was an all star, why he has been the Nats uh ace this year. Um, you know, the Marlins aren't uh the best hitting team in the world, but uh um, you know, they're they're better than the Phillies and um and he shut down a, a decent lineup. You mentioned Christian Yelich who um you know who had had a had a a decent day but um, you know, it almost seemed like the walks um, weren't as much wild as um, as calculated. And I know that seems kind of silly to say because um, this is a guy that's had been playing control all season long, but it really looked like he was in command of what he was doing today and did what he wanted to do regardless of what the uh, the, uh, the eventual outcome was going to be. Yep, strategic walks possibly. I'm sure he's not happy about three of them in the game, as I mentioned the first time this season that he's done that, but more than good enough to get the job done, and we'll talk about him handing the ball over to the new A-10 in a couple minutes. But, Jim, Dan Heron on the mound, 7-6 and six on the year before today, 3-5-1 ERA, 4-4-5 FIP, 2-38, 2-87, 4-35 line against, and 123 innings pitched, 1-1 one and one in five starts in July, 3-9-4 ERA, 5-5-7 FIP, 2-98, line against, though, 2-8-3 ERA, 2-35, 2-95, 3-95, and 16-3 innings pitched in Miami, 
leaves a 2-2 cutter up inside to Zimmerman in the second, though. Zimmerman bounces it off the Clevelander sign out there in left field, line drive home run that puts the Nats up one nothing. The only run he allowed, though, four hits, two walks, 102 innings pitches, 102 pitches, I'm sorry, altogether on the day. The veteran right-hander still getting it done with the command. He doesn't have much on his fastball, but really just pinpoint command and really having a good season there for the Marlins when he was reluctant to pitch there when uh, he got traded from L.A. this winter. Yeah, yeah, he's Aaron's actually looked really good for them. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that he's the same pitcher that we watched the Nats down for the first half of uh, 2013. But yeah, he's good for the, he was pretty solid for the Dodgers last season. He doesn't overpower. He's he's nearing the end of his career, and he's his stuff started to diminish a little bit. He he's still got that command, and he attacks the zone, and sometimes he leaves the ball up, and he does allow a lot of a lot of fly balls and a lot of home runs. And the Nats got to him. Zimmerman just sat on that that uh, cutter and just drilled it. I think that was the 20th home run of the year. He's allowed, if I remember correctly, Dave, it was Zimmerman's first home run since 519. Granted, he was on the DL for a long stretch after that. But in a small sample size so far, it looks uh, like he's sharp at the plate at least. Nothing going on at first to really judge how he's doing defensively over there. But four for 10 in the series after the home run and a double in the sixth and We've talked about Zimmerman before coming out uh, in spring training. Usually takes about 30, 40 at-bats before he gets locked in at the plate, and it looks like he got enough minor league action that he's uh, locked in and pretty sharp at the plate so far since he's been back. And we've kind of seen this uh, before from him as well. You know, he's had um, a couple of lengthy disabled list days, and then it seems like he has two or three minor league games of rehab, and then he jumps right out and um, and, and produces when he returns to the lineup. And, and and frankly, it's good to see. I mean, one of my big worries down the stretch this year is the production that they'll get from Zimmerman and Jason Worth. I mean, uh, neither one of them did were doing anything uh, before the injuries this year. Um, lengthy did disabled list stays, and, and, and really Rizzo's rolling the dice that, that, that Zimmerman and Worth are, quote-unquote, Zimmerman and Worth down the stretch and not the pale – um, versions of comparison that they were earlier in the season. So uh, encouraging to see Zimmerman uh, come out 4 for 10 in the series, hit the home run today. Um, Worth, it looks like he's going to take a little bit lot longer to, to round into shape, but um, but very encouraging to see the home run from Zimmerman today. Jim, uh, going off of what Dave said there, Mike Rizzo seems, unless he makes a trade in the next 24 hours or so, to be taking a calculated risk that Anthony Rendon coming off the DL last weekend. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman and Jason Worth back this series. Bernard's fan and back at some point, hopefully in the near future, are going to provide what the Nationals need offensively. Uh, we discussed briefly before the show that it doesn't look like there's much room to add to this uh, lineup right now or the roster. You might try to add a bench bat or a backup outfielder, first baseman or something, but what do you think of Rizzo taking the risk that these guys are going to be what they are, what they have been the last couple of years, and down the stretch come through for the Nationals and provide the offense that they need? Oh, it, it definitely does concern me a bit. I mean, uh, Zimmerman's coming off of plantar fasciitis, which doesn't tend to go away very easily. It tends to linger, and, you know, he can, he might look fine for a few days, and then it'll start to act up, and he'll struggle for another week or so, and maybe have to head back to the disabled list. Uh, worse, he's dealing with a, you know, he's coming back from a wrist injury, which can tend to sap power. You know, any any arm injury for for a hitter is going to affect their power. I mean, it. He was dealing with that in 2012, and he had to 
moved to the leadoff spot because he wasn't really hitting for much power for most of the year. So I, I would love to see him try and go out and get a flexible bat who could possibly play first base and a corner outfield spot so that at the very least you're insuring against one of those spots in case Worth or Zimmerman tend to continue to struggle or end up having to go back on the disabled list. Yeah, we've discussed that a lot on here. And one thing, if you're worried about Zimmerman, maybe not producing if he comes back when everyone else is in, you know, three quarters of the way through the season and going strong and you have to jump right in the middle of that. But the Nationals are counting on three or four people being able to do that. And definitely a risk going forward. But Dave, one person who's really running strong right now, wasn't hitting many home runs in July, only three before or last night when he hit two of them. We didn't get to talk to you uh, after last night's game. Tom was on the show with us, but after a double in the first, Harper five for eight, double the two home runs last night in the series. It's a 26 game on base streak after he singled uh, after his first hit today. Uh, 45 game on base streak on the road going. This really good series by Bryce Harper at the plate this time against the Marlins. They didn't give him much to hit, but when they did, he made sure to make him pay for the mistakes. Well, here's the thing, um, Bryce Harper's like really good um and he continue he continues to uh yeah he continues to impress this season in his uh quote-unquote breakout year um he's really you mentioned he's not getting much to hit he's really not getting much to hit i mean uh, teams are are pitching around him obviously leading the league in walks so um you know it shows how much respect that uh, opposing pitchers and opposing teams have for this guy um, and then, and then when they do pitch to him, all he does is hit you know 460 foot home runs. I mean, the, the two shots that he hit yesterday, um, you know, are, are kind of reminiscent of you know the famous home runs that he hit as a 16 year old at, at Tropicana Field. I mean, just um, just massive blasts to the tops of the upper deck in in a, in a stadium in Florida. So just uh, continually impressed with the way that Harper has really. Um, you know, I hate to use a cliched sports sports writer term, but has blossomed this year, and and it's been a joy to watch him. Um, you know, just really uh, start to fulfill um, all the, the 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 platitudes that have been given to him so far in his career. Three thirty-five average on the year after he went one for three today with a walk and a K. Uh, Zimmerman two for four at the plate. Michael Taylor another good game two for two. But it was all about the pitching today for the Nationals outside of Zimmerman's home run, Jim. one nothing Nats after Scherzer strands a runner in the seventh inning. Drew Storen comes on, or angry Drew Storen, as I have here written in my notes, a 10-pitch, one 2 3 eight, just not not fooling around, just went right after the Marlins hitters and attacked them. After Storen's one 2 3 eight, Jonathan Papelbon, his first appearance in a Nationals uniform, 18 for 18 in save opportunities. He locks down a 9-pitch, one 2 3 frame, this is what we talked about last night and the last few days on federal baseball. The move wasn't an indictment of Drew Storen as much as it was an indictment of the rest of the bullpen. They needed an eighth-inning man. They got him by getting a ninth-inning man and moving Storen back. If Storen keeps on going out and throwing like that, Papelbon does what he did in the ninth today. It looks like Rizzo's going to be pointing to his head a lot, and the Nationals fans might uh, grow to love Papelbon pretty quickly if he does what he did today all the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Storen and Papelbon combination could be a very, very scary and imposing force for any oppos- any, any opponents. Um, Storen, he may be, you know, a little disappointed by it, but he's just got to go out and pitch. I mean, Tyler Clippard got paid as 
I've definitely pointed out a few times on Twitter in the past few days, he's the ninth highest paid reliever in baseball this season. And he was in his final arbitration season after having spent just most of 2012 as a closer. So Storin's still going to be able to get his money and he'll be a free agent after 2017. He's shown he can do the job. So he's just got to go out and pitch and do the, you know, just dominate hitters and he'll get his chance again. It may not be with the Nats, which people won't want to hear, but it may, but <laughs> he will get a chance to close again in the, in the future. Uh, Papelbon, he's been a terrific closer for 11 years now. So, and, and despite the fact that his fastball isn't what it used to be, he's adjusted. He's got a one point. Oh gosh, his, his ERA is down to one point five five after today's game. So, yeah, he's been dominant. Dominant outing is 18 save, Dave. And uh, just quoting Matt and Chris Johnson on the Twitter after the game, there's apparently a little bonding going on. Hopefully, they're not holding against one another, but Jonathan Papelbon tells reporters, I was in the shower with Storer, and I said, can you show me that slider grip tomorrow? He was really, really good in the outing. Looks like he was a little bit angry out there, or at the very least determined, Dave, but a really strong outing by Storer to bounce back after what has to be a bit of a tough personal blow for him. Right, and I thought that Mass, uh, that um, uh, Byron Kerr had a good line here that uh, – um, with, with Storm and Papelbon in the eighth and ninth, the, the Nets are going to turn a lot of one-run leads into one-run wins. Um, I, I think that's a really good point. I mean, this is, um, you know, this is a, a personal slight for for Storin, only in that that he will no longer be accumulating saves this year. But um, but really, the Nets picked up a, a dominant uh, bullpen arm and really didn't have to give that much up to to get him. I mean, uh, to acquire Craig Kimbrell or Earl this Chapman would have would have uh, um, you know cost at least one grade A prospect and and another you know B level type of, of prospect and and the, the Nats were able to acquire Papelbon for um, really a, a C level prospect a guy that may or may not ever make his major league debut um, and and then the cash and, and the cash aspect of it um, was even less than what it what it could have been because um, Papelbon was willing to take less money to get out of Philadelphia. Um, I, I think any of us uh, kind of feel the same way that they would take whatever they could to get out of Philadelphia. So, um, <laughs> you know, a big, big pickup for the Nats. Um, this is a, a case where um, where you, you said it right. You know, they picked up an eighth inning guy by picking up a ninth inning guy. Uh, Papelbon doesn't have the 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 most warm and friendly personality. At least, um, you know, the what he has has shown to towards the fans on, on several different occasions, but um, but he's fiery. Uh, you've never heard uh, teammates complain about him. Um, he's one of those, uh, um, you know, high-energy, intense type of guys at the back of the bullpen, and, and, and maybe the Nets needed a little nastiness at the back of the pen. I mean, um, you know, for, for, you know, for as long as, as this team has been put together, um, you know, the, the Nats bullpen has been full of quote-unquote nice guys. I mean, that's really the only way to describe Tyler Clippard and Drew Storm. I mean, they're both just, you know, genuine, you know, quality individuals, and maybe Papelbon gives the back of the Nats bullpen a little bit of that nastiness now. Jim, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least touch on the deadline before we wrap up here. Tomorrow afternoon, the non-waiver trade deadline. Mike Rizzo said on 106.7 The Fan that it's just the first of a couple deadlines and noted that they've made some interesting deals in the past to kind of shore up what they needed to get. 
the Mets have added Juan Uribe and Kelly Johnson in a trade with the Braves. They added Tyler Clifford. They almost ended added Carlos Gomez last night. That ridiculous trade that somehow fell apart upon uh, physicals and looking at the paperwork in the end there didn't end up happening, which has got to be a blow to the Mets uh, fans and the fan base. But what do you, what do you think of the Mets, that deal falling apart and what they've done so far? Do you think they have to add a bat now that that deal kind of didn't work out, that you had their fans excited for a few hours there, that they're adding a legitimate outfield bat and they're trying to keep a pace with the Nationals here two games out now? I, I didn't expect them to be there at this point, but they are there. So do you think they're going to try to bulk up a little bit more and really make a run for it? Yeah, uh, they're, they're still hanging around. I mean, it was it was definitely a little little scary looking at the team that's chasing us, thinking that they had acquired Carlos Gomez. Uh, you had to feel absolutely terrible for Wilmer Wilmer, Flor- ah, Wilmer Flores. That's a hard name to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, just crying on on the field in the third inning and. It was an insane. It was just a surreal scene. But, but, yeah, I, I think they would definitely still be targeting somebody. I mean, I, I heard that the Cubs are now apparently shopping Starling Castro again. So they could definitely be in the market for middle infield help. Another outfielder. They're going to try and bulk up, and the Nats might have to add that bench bat at the very least to try and keep pace. I'm interested to see if anyone in the NL East, the Mets in particular, go after Ioannis Espedes as well. He's apparently available by the Tigers. They're talking about breaking things up there yeah. in Detroit, and they made made a nice deal today. They had to trade David Price, but getting a pitcher like Daniel Norris and two prospects back will soften that blow a little bit of losing him. I like Norris, what I've seen so far, and think he could end up being a good pitcher there, Dave. But Dave, any predictions going in? About 24 hours left until the trade deadline tomorrow. You also saw the Los Angeles Dodgers really bulk up. They made a nice deal with the Braves today, 13 players involved. I won't go through listing all of those players, but they certainly kind of added to the rotation and added a bench bat and more. Uh, do you think the Nationals have to respond at this point? Or We've discussed it a little bit before, but do you think they stick with what they have going forward? Well, I'd certainly like to see them add a, a first, first base slash corner outfielder bat, um, You know, even if it's not someone that they would expect to start um, – yeah, no, quite quite frankly, if if Brian Zimmerman's uh, plantar fasciitis flares up again, um, it, it's untenable to to go down the stretch with Tyler Moore or Clint Robinson as your first baseman. And, and not to take anything away from from Clint Robinson because he's um, really kind of kind of filled in, um, you know, as as much as can be expected uh, from a journeyman thirty year old, uh, you know, first baseman. But it's that's not the type of player that you want. Um, playing first base in, in a championship caliber season, so um, would not would certainly wouldn't mind seeing the Nats pick up a bat. Um, they're they're chief competitors for the National League. Um, you know the, the Dodgers have really souped up. Um, you have to expect the Cardinals to do something now because Matt Holliday um, injured again. Um, I, I frankly think the Mets are going to wilt regardless if they go out and get another bat or not. Um, I think I think this division is going to end up a lot like last year where the Braves until the middle of the season and then fell apart. So I, I'm not as concerned with the Mets as, as other people might be. My, my biggest concern is keeping up with the Dodgers and the Cardinals, and, and I really think the Nats could, could use picking up another bat to do that. From your mouth to the baseball guy's ears on the Mets wilting, will the Nationals have a chance to put some distance in it and do it head-to-head with the Mets coming up tomorrow? 
Gio Gonzalez versus Matt Harvey on the mound at 7.10 p.m. Uh, it's going to be a good matchup. Nationals take two or three from the Marlins with their one nothing win today. Head out to New York to try to put some distance between them and the NLE's second-place team. Matt Knightley sponsored by District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. The Nationals are 54-46 and 46 after the win today. Tomorrow night we'll talk about the trade deadline, what the Nationals end up doing or what they don't end up doing, and see what they can do against the Mets. Uh, Jim Mar- Myrick, sorry, as we discussed before, I've only ever seen your name in print. This is the first time we're talking, but at IOShinsplint right. on Twitter. At IOShinsplint on Twitter. If you're not following them already, you should be. It does great work for us at Federal Baseball. Dave Nichols, districtsportspage.com, at, district, at Nationals DSP. I got it right. On the Twitter, if you're not following him already, we're at we're at Federal Baseball, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Good to talk to both of you guys. Thanks. Go Nats. Dog has said go Nats.